Hello everybody and welcome back to the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. This episode I don't think is going to be a long one. I mean, I've said that before and then it's turned out to be over an hour long. So yeah, I'm going to be talking about Candyman 2021, that is. So yeah, this is the... it's a sequel but it's kind of a reboot. But it's only really a sequel to the very first film, I think. Well, I've only seen the very first film so I do not know if it's continuing from two and three and however many others there are but yeah it's mainly a spiritual reboot sequel to the first one similar to how we had halloween a couple of years ago and now halloween kills in october it's happened with every other horror franchise and you know what it was probably time for another Candyman, and i wasn't opposed to the idea but i hadn't seen the first one until recently so yeah i was pretty new to this franchise and let's just talk about this new film this is the spoiler review, and I mean, it's a shame because I don't really think there's going to be much difference between a spoiler review and a non-spoiler review, but something that happens right at the very end makes me need to talk about it in a spoiler fashion, so I guess that's going to be the first thing I talk about. I was hoping that the original Candyman, Tony Todd, I was hoping he was going to show up at some point, and he does, he does, but very, very, very briefly, he's in it. Just right at the very end, for about two seconds, I think he says, tell everyone. But he says it like, tell everyone. I can't remember this film. I did only watch it once, and it was last week, and I've seen Shang-Chi five times since then. And it wasn't really a great experience for me that day, so I may get onto that in a bit, but I don't really want to drag my personal life into this movie review. Anyway, Candyman. He shows up, Tony Todd shows up as Candyman, and I liked it. I did like that little reference. I thought it was a very nice homage, I guess. Nice, respectful thing they did. I just thought, you know what? He could have been in it more. I was intrigued by the route they went down. And I think it's a very well-made film. It's an extremely well-directed film. The writing... Uh, I, I think the directing is better than the writing. Which is weird, because it's written by Jordan Peele, who is a fantastic writer and director. An actor, yeah, an actor even, but it's also written by two other people, one of which is the director, Nia DaCosta, who, yeah, she does a really good job with this film. She does an incredibly good job. And the most surprising thing is, when this film opened, this is the first number one film at the box office ever to be directed by a black woman, which is just shocking. I really can't believe that. We're in 2021, and we've only just had the first black female director to have a number one film. Like, really? That's just baffling to me. That's really, really quite shocking. But anyway, she deserves it. This film deserves it. It's it's a film I can't really massively complain about. It's a very good film. It's just, yeah, I, it's weird. It's very weird. It's a good film, but that's about it. Like, I can't really say it's amazing. I can't really say it's bad. It's just a good film. It just cruises along. Literally, it just cruises along. Things happen. It's quite chilling and a bit sinister. And it's everything you expect. It's everything you kind of want. But that's literally about it. So, yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad by any means. It's just weird that I can't really think about much more to say. Like, I can't say, oh, yeah, I really like this scene. I did like a few scenes, actually. I can't really say it's one of the most unique and invigorating horror experiences ever. Because the day before, I watched The Night House, which was terrifying, one of the scariest films I've ever seen. So this was um, good, but it was 
kind of safe i don't know it wasn't really that safe because it's a film that has heavy social commentary so it's clearly a black lives matter movie which a lot of people are having issues with that but i personally think it works perfectly fine i think this story needs to be told in that way and yeah there are a few things i think are a bit odd and i think when you actually look at it on paper it seems a bit yeah structured interestingly i should say so the fact that every single character pretty much that dies in this film every single one that gets killed by the candy man they're all white you know every single one of them is a white actor and to be fair i like this aspect because the only people stupid enough to summon candy man are going to be the white people so i think yeah that works you know it works fine but the whole urban legend surrounding Candyman and how there's been multiple candy men and the, or candy people. Do you have to say candy people? I don't know. Candy men. There's been so many candy men that are all victims of either police brutality or just people being jerks and killing them. Yeah, that's right. People being jerks and killing somebody. But yeah, they're all victims and they've all died around the same spot around this Cabrini Green place that was explored in the first film, which I like. And so there is that element of Black Lives Matter coming into it with how the number of deaths in America, especially, that have been happening in the past year, or past several years, let's be real, but especially the past year. So I think there is that clear element and motive towards these things in real life and how they impact the Candyman story. So I think, yeah, it works. I think it works. I do not have a problem with that at all. Some people are going to, but they're just probably racist, so... Yeah, but Candyman, realistically, has always been about this. I mean, you look at the very first film, and even though it's all about urban legends and the myths and folklore, there is still that clear idea that he was a black man that was killed for kind of being a danger, even though he did nothing wrong. So yeah, there is a lot of social justice commentary that is very present through this film especially, not so much the 1992 film. It was there, but it's just much more prominent now. But I think it's the necessary kind of breath of fresh air in a franchise, in any horror franchise, that this needs. On the one hand, you have got this weird-ass character, the Candyman, who is just pure mythology and creepiness, but by making him seem like a real human and somebody out in the real world reflected on screen, I think, you know what, that works. That works, so yeah, I'm happy with that. But with the rest of the film, the performances are great. Yahya Abdul-Mateen... I think that's his name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah. He's been in Aquaman and The Greatest Showman. And I think he was in Us, briefly, the Jordan Peele film. So yeah, he's a good actor. Well, he's he's an interesting actor, okay. Here's the thing. He's not the best actor, but I like him. I think he's a funny... Well, he's not funny, but... I think he's an interesting actor. And you look at him in Aquaman, and he's awful. It's so funny how bad he is. <laughs> But I think that works, and in hindsight, I've watched Aquaman again, and it's not as bad as I thought it would be, and it's kind of just stupid, pure fun. But yeah, Black Mantis, as the character that he plays in Aquaman, he's not good. He's really not good, but I do like him. And in this film, he does give a very good performance, a very good performance indeed. I'd say it's one of the strongest lead performances of a horror film lately. I mean, aside from Rebecca Hall in The Nighthouse. But yeah, before that, you look at other horror films, and they've got not brilliant performances some of them are great but a lot of them are just hit or miss really but this one's a very good one and specifically Tayona Paris as well she is amazing anyway but she's really good in this and I'm really excited to see her in the Captain Marvel sequel next year the Marvels which is also being directed by Nia DaCosta so that's a nice little reunion they've got going 
But I do think Tayona Paris, she's brilliant in this film. And she has one of my favourite moments of a horror film recently. There's a bit when she goes into this laundromat place and it's very sinister and creepy and the door locks behind her. And she opens this door to a basement and she looks in and she goes, hell no. And I think that's great because so many other films would have stupid characters that just go down into a dark basement when they're going to be followed by some weird ass Candyman, Boogeyman, whatever. But she says hell no and she doesn't go down there. And I think that decision right there, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's very rare you see in films, in horror films especially. People actually make rational decisions. They always just be extremely stupid and go down into a dark basement or go up into a dark attic or just go into the dark without a torch, without any backup. They just think, oh, there's a strange disturbance. I'm going to go check it out. Like I would be out of there in a heartbeat. You would not catch me anywhere near anything scary like that. So I did like what she did there. But then she does end up getting attacked and kidnapped anyway. So it didn't really work out in the end for her. But even then, I did like that. But then it gets quite creepy and we see a literal amputation with kind of a rusty saw, which, yeah, that was pretty dark. It was a pretty dark moment. And I liked this film for its dark moments. I thought it handled the mythology and the whole character of Candyman very well. The very first time you see him, I was kind of scared. I was kind of unnerved by this guy and just seeing him creep out of this hole in the wall to scare this kid. But like, give him candy. So is he a bad guy? Well, yeah, any guy that just randomly gives somebody candy, especially children. They're a bad guy. They are a bad guy. So he was really creepy. And I thought that was dealt with pretty damn well. While it's not the scariest film I've seen in a while, and it's not really... Well, okay, it's not really jump scare heavy, which is good, because I'm getting sick of just your casual jump scares. I want something different. I want to be haunted and scared deep down. I don't want to just be scared on the surface. And this film tries to linger with that. This film tries to just have really creepy, long, suspenseful, built-up moments where you're never sure what's going on and you're not sure whether a character's going to make it out of the situation. So I think it does work well with telling this horror story in that sense because I did watch the first one just a couple of days before for the very first time and there are a few moments that genuinely scared me but they are just cheap jump scares. So when she's alone in a room and she's thinking there's somebody there and it's her husband that jumps into bed, that genuinely scared me, that did make me jump. But things like that, you see in everything, every single film. It doesn't even have to be horror, they will have a jump scare like that. But what this film does, it makes the horror seem much more realistic and brooding, and it's always lurking in the shadows, but you're just not really sure where it is. And there's some great shots in this film. Because Candyman only really appears in the mirror, you don't see him in the real world, but there are so many amazing reflective shots. There's been a lot, actually. Oh my god, that is the thing. The opening credits, I'm going to skip right back to the opening credits. The opening credits are flipped, so the Universal logo is kind of reversed. So instead of seeing Universal, it reads, how do I say this? Lassenir... <laughs> Universal, but backwards. Lassenir... Hang on. Lassrevinu. Lassrevinu. That's what it says. It says Lassrevinu. Because that's universal backwards. And the same thing happens with all the other logos. So the Bron logo is actually Norb. Norb? Bron. Yeah, Norb. Norb. It says Norb. And then the Monkey Paw Productions. I'm not even going to try and say that one backwards. But yeah, you get the idea. Monkey Paw Productions backwards is something crazy. And MGM, that's the funny one as well. MGM backwards is just MGM. But it is definitely flipped. So I really liked that. Because at first I was thinking, 
is this meant to be this way? <laughs> or is the projector upside down or something? <laughs> Has somebody messed up? But no, it is meant to be that way. And Universal always does this. Every single time they can, they try and do something very unique with the opening logos. Not a lot of other studios do this, and I respect Universal for the way they do it. One of my favourites is probably with Happy Death Day. The Universal logo starts, and then it stops, and it starts, and it stops, and it starts, because the whole idea of reliving the same day over and over again, it just jumps every so often. And I really like the way it does that. And same thing happens with Freaky, the whole Universal logo is just blood red because of how, you know, it's a slasher. But yeah, I think Universal do some clever things. This was one of their best. But yeah, little things like that I've really enjoyed. And anyway, back to the reflective mirror shots that I was talking about. There's a lot of amazing pieces of cinematography where characters will be being attacked by something that we can't see, but it's only when they pass against a mirror that we can actually see them or we can see the Candyman killing them and slashing them up. But yeah, there's some really clever moments in this film. It's a very clever movie and a very seriously well-made film. It's just some of the writing is a bit lacking here and there. I'm not really the biggest fan of the script. I thought it got a bit got a bit sweary in the middle for no real reason. Like you're watching the first bit and you're thinking, okay, this is good. It's sent up very well written at the start. And then it gets to a point where everybody's just swearing in every sentence. And I'm thinking, is there any real need for this? Like I know people are being killed and people are being attacked. So yeah, cause for panic, swear. But at the same time, it didn't really feel like it was justified. And usually I wouldn't have an issue with it. But when it felt a bit jarring that they were all of a sudden swearing significantly more, I did notice it and think, okay, interesting. But it's not bad. It's just noticeable, I guess. Yeah, noticeable. Regardless, the story is great. The twists are great. The twists, actually, uh, I think it's good that Coleman Domingo, who is fantastic in anything, but he's fantastic in this film, Coleman Domingo turns out to be... Is he the main bad guy? I don't know. He's just kind of a really creepy preacher guy that wants to make a sacrifice for Candyman. I don't know. I don't know what he wants. But I thought that twist was good because you're not really expecting him to be bad. But then again, it was kind of confusing how things went about. Like, was he controlling the strings from the start? I don't know. But how did he know that Anthony, who's played by Yaya Abdul-Mateen, how did he know that he was going to get stung by the bee and then become Candyman? I don't know. But that is how it ends. He becomes Candyman, but then Tony Todd appears. So I like that. I like that little reference. And it wasn't until I watched the very first Candyman film that I thought, is the main character in this new film going to be somebody from the old film and he is so i don't know if this was clear to everybody that have seen the first film that had seen the trailer for this new one but for me it wasn't for me it was a not a shock because i realized as soon as i was watching the first film that he could be so the baby that gets taken in the first film anthony that's who he is growing up now so the main character is that baby from the first one so i thought that was good that was well done you do see this a lot you see a reboot many many years later that features you know, a child or a relative of somebody from that previous film. So I think this isn't without its common similarities to other horror films of this nature, but at the same time, it's quite unique as horror films go, and especially recently. It's quite a uniquely well-made film, but I'm not really massively going to remember it that well. And that's not me saying it's a bad film, because I didn't know it was an hour and a half. I thought this film was going to be about two hours. So when it finished quite early on and then I checked IMDB afterwards and it said an hour and 31 minutes and I thought oh <laughs> okay 
That's interesting. I genuinely thought it would be much longer than it was. So I did like the fact that it's just a cool, breezy 90-minute film that has good chilling moments, very good suspenseful moments, not really a lot of horror scary moments, but it's a thriller. It's more of a thriller than a horror, I'd say. Definitely more of a thriller, but from an acting perspective, from a directing perspective, and from a story perspective, but not really from a script perspective, it's a good film. It's not going to be one of my favourites of the year. That's the thing. It's a good film. It's just, I don't know if it's massively for me. I don't know. I really don't know, because I feel like I'm saying all these good things, but in my head I'm still thinking, why am I not thinking it's as good as I'm saying it is? I don't know. It's a really weird film. It's good. It's well made. It's just something about it. It's not quite, you know, God tier. It's just good tier. You know, it's double O tier. Double O good tier. But yeah, Candyman, I'd say this is the thing. I'm not sure if I prefer the first one or not. I think this one definitely looks better and is probably a better film, but I think just because of how cult it is and how, you know, how much of a classic it is, I think I prefer the first one and I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. But I like Candyman. I like this whole story. I like this whole lore and the origin of Candyman and the history, but I do think considering that I believe Candyman is quite scary and, you know, the idea of saying his name five times in the mirror, that's kind of chilling this film didn't really do massive justice to that. Like, I wasn't really scared at any time when they were saying Candyman because it felt like, it felt very meta. It felt like they were knowing that they're in a movie and they're knowing all about this Candyman and what he would do, which I get that because it's a sequel and because, you know, there's all the history and what the researcher Helen was doing in the first film, that's mentioned in this film. And, you know, people know about Candyman and people say steer clear of him whatever but it does feel like it's from a different class that's looking in on this story and just trying to I don't know kind of make us feel scared but not really doing so I don't really know yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure but anyway Candyman it's a very good film it's just not one I'm gonna massively remember or probably not watch again for a while I think I'll wait till it's available I'm not going to say that. I think I'll wait until it's on streaming. I think I will wait to watch it when it's on Netflix or Sky, whatever, because I don't really see myself wanting to go out of my way to see it again at the cinema, especially after, here you go, here's the spoiler review treat, especially after some absolute Muppets tried to threaten me and attack me while I was walking to the cinema. So that was great. That wasn't scary at all. Not just once, but twice on the way there and on the way back. So yeah, considering I didn't really have the best experience watching this film, it was better than it probably should have been. But I do think it's getting a lot of praise. It's got about 72 out of 100 on Metacritic, which I think I think that's good. I think it's deserved. But then again, I've seen... I think it's just because I've seen a lot of better films recently that this one wasn't quite as good. It's still good. It's still a good film. It's just, yeah. I really don't know how to feel about this film, but I do like some of the moments and some of the deaths, like... The journalist woman's death, her death was good. So Anthony leaves her house after being scared that he is the Candyman. And then as he leaves, the camera just pans out and it slowly zooms out of her apartment. And you can just see her being attacked by nothing and just being lifted up and slashed and smashed against the window. So I think that's good. I liked that a lot. The art critic's death, I liked that too. The girls in the bathroom, like the high school students, I didn't really care for those people. So... Yeah, that's the thing I mean. It's just stupid white people that want to summon Candyman. Like, why, why would you do it? Why would you honestly do that? 
So yeah, I didn't really care that they died. Everybody else that lived or died, I can't fully remember. The ending, the ending was uh, kind of abrupt, but kind of good. So I think Tayona Paris's character, I think she escapes, but the way she does escape by being, oh yeah, that's the other thing. The way she escapes after being interrogated by this really, well, just a stereotypical white cop, you know, he's just brutal for the sake of being brutal. You know, there's no reasoning behind anything he does. He's just a jerk. He's just an idiot. So I think it was kind of written, I don't want to say as a hyper extension of reality, because in reality, this is exactly what cops will surely be like to black people. So I think, yeah, it's kind of a necessary watch for the most part, it's kind of a necessary representation and depiction of you know the black characters living their lives and how Candyman has been treated by others and how, yeah, there's a real class divide between people and it does say something that all the white people in the film are the ones that get killed. So yeah, I liked that. Don't really care for it, but I liked it. And Candyman, yeah, it's good. It's fine. Some interesting moments, some good acting. It's a very watchable film. Yeah, there are a couple of moments here and there that I thought were very brutal, like literally seeing him get his arm cut off and then having a crowbar type thing just jammed into his stump. I thought that was dark. It was very excruciating to watch, to be fair. Because I just feel bad for Anthony. I feel bad because he's literally done nothing. Yeah, he's turned into Candyman and he's made to be this guy. Like, I don't understand what he's actually done to deserve this. You know, I really don't, so... It's a bit odd, there's not really a lot of explaining, but then again, maybe the ambiguity is good. I don't know, it's good, worthy successor of the first film, and I think watching them back to back would be a good idea, I think there would be a lot of good references here and there, and Vanessa Williams, I think that's her name, the actor that plays Anthony's mom in this film and the first one, doesn't look like she's aged a day, and it's been almost 30 years between these films, but she really looks exactly the same which is pretty impressive, but yeah, good film, very good film, it's just, I'm not really going to watch it again, and I'm not really going to think about it, so, I don't know, if you enjoyed it, then great, you know, let me know what you thought, but as far as horror films go, it's probably one of the most well-made films, but it's not really one of my favourites of the year so far, I mean, especially, I think it is because I saw The Night House just the day before, and that's, yeah, terrified me and haunted me, but Maybe I would have enjoyed it more if I hadn't been threatened on the way to the cinema, but yeah, people are idiots, so maybe I'm going to turn into Candyman. I could do with summoning that and committing a few acts of violence against people. I shouldn't say that. I'm not. I'm joking about that. That's a joke. Full disclosure, that is a joke. But uh, yeah. Alright, so I've reached the end of editing my review, and there was a bit that I missed out, and I don't know how. I don't know if it was in the non-spoiler review, or I don't know if I just talked about it to myself. It was probably that, to be fair. But yeah, the last little bit that I want to talk about, there's... I'm sure I mentioned this. There's a bit when the character of uh, Troy... I think his name's Troy? Either way, Tayona Paris's character's brother, he just disappears. Him and his boyfriend just completely vanish from this film. And they're not in it from about the hour mark onwards. I don't know. It's just weird how they just completely disappear and they don't come back ever again. Like, why bring characters in if you're not going to round them up nicely? If you're not going to have them have that full arc? Why? Why? Literally, why? I, I don't get it. So I'm not a huge fan of the way it handles those characters. And it happens a lot. It happens quite a few times. There's certain characters that just... You know, it's almost as if the writers struggle to see how they could develop them, how they could progress them further. So we either just completely 
cut them off and never see them again, or they just kill them and they think, yeah, that'll sort it out, that's no bother. I don't know, for me it's just a bit cheap. For me, I'm not a huge fan of when films do that, and it happens a lot, it happens regularly, so I can't be too critical, but it's just something I noticed. I don't honestly have a clue where they went. And yeah, I don't know, this film is the film is good, it's just it's not amazing, okay, it's not great, it's just solid fun-ish for the most part and nice short in and out film. But yeah, where did they go? Justice for them. Where the hell did they go? And that about does it for my spoiler review for Candyman. 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 I'm not gonna say it the fifth time. <laughs> I've been Kieran. This has been interesting. It's been quite good. I'm more looking forward to what Jordan Peele directs next as opposed to what he just purely writes. Because I do think when you've got this film that's written by two other people as well as Jordan Peele, it doesn't really feel like his film as much. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Nope next year, which is his next film. And until then, until next time, signing off. I'm glad Tony Todd was in it. I was expecting more, but I'm glad he was in it. Even albeit right at the very end, he deserves to be in it. So yeah, I always like him because of the way that he gets killed in The Rock by Nicolas Cage saying an Elton John pun and then blasting him away with a rocket. Massive spoiler alert there, but yeah, it was good to see Tony Todd again, and that's about it. Candyman. Oh no, I said it a fifth time. No! <laughs> no! No! Anyway, bye. See you in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth.